0: Would help me to um, just bring the truth of the Word out, Lord God, that it wouldn't be my will or my pursuit, but but Your Word and Your wisdom. Um, give us grace this morning to have hearts that are ready to receive and to know You more. In Christ's name. Amen. Yeah. All right, Bubs, we're gonna put down put down the cards a second. Titus is gonna help me illustrate something. Have y'all met my son? Say hi. Yeah. <laughs> Titus is a lot like his mom. Is, uh, he is uh, shy. He laughs, though. Isn't that a great thing about a child? Why am I able to do this, guys? He does trust me. Believe it or not, I did it when he didn't trust me. I was able... Throw him up in the air when he didn't know what trust was, right? Um, I was able to toss him around. I was able to swing him by his toes. I was able to do all these things. He's clearly done. Go find your mama. Go find your mama. <laughs> um, I, why can I do that? Why was I able to take my son and toss him in the air other than his mother isn't there to save him? Um, and I, I, some of y'all have watched me do this. I can do that like 15 minutes and if he's not tired and cranky, I can do it. Right? So (laughs) the question is, does anybody see me tossing Brooke in the air? Can I get your ankle? (laughs) Uh, how is this going to work out? Actually, if I knew you were going to be here, Matt, it would have been you. Uh, (laughs) would I, would I be able to toss Brooke in the air guys? Swing them around. I, I would I be able to grab them by the ankles and I, Brooke might be able to toss me in the air. <laughs> We're not even trying it. I, I had herniated disc, man. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Brooke. Um, so what's the difference between Titus Zane and and Brooke Anderson? The size, right? Titus is a baby boy, right? Titus is two. He weighs, I don't know, maybe like 30 pounds on the upside, right? He is, he is small. Brooke is an adult, right? Brooke has grown in stature. The reality is that small things can steer Titus, right? Small things can toss him in the air. Small things can manhandle him. Small things can make him laugh. Small things can make him cry. I, I, uh, some of y'all have seen this. I frequently pick up Titus and I'll I'll grab him by his shirt or by his overalls is better. And I'll get in his face and I'll yell at him, where's my money? Give me my money. And he started doing it to other people, which is really funny. But I, I could do that with him because he is, he's a baby, right? Like even if I was serious, he couldn't stop me. If I were to do that to Brooke... He'd probably knock my teeth out if he so felt inclined, right? And I wouldn't be able to do much to stop it. Um, we're going to be talking for the next few weeks about um, about what it means to be a man after God's own heart. Um, and and specifically, um, a lot of what we're going to be looking at is applicable to both men and women, okay? Um, I'm going to be focusing on men, not because I don't like y'all gals, right? Um because, because, believe me, I do. Um, I'm going to be focusing on men because, um, first off, we're going to be doing a class. And I kind of want to explain why we're doing it. But also because, like, men have, men have a place of unique responsibility in the lives of the people around them. Isn't it true? Um, women do, too. And men carry a unique responsibility. And I think our culture tends to downplay that. It tends to say, well, you know... What you bring to the table isn't worth bringing, or it's brutal, or it's mean, or it's oppressive, or it's this, that, or the other. I mean, like, we have all kinds of nasty things to say about men. You turn on the TV, you see a man, he's almost always an oaf, right? Or saying something stupid, or acting lazy, or, and his wife rescues him, which actually happens quite a bit in my house, but that's neither here nor there. Um, we're going to be looking at what it means for men to pursue God and to grow, right, and to grow from being people who are manhandled easily by things that should never be able to manhandle them into folks that have solid grounding and, like, follow God, like, and his statutes and his, like, directives and his design for us um, and, and can't be moved from it. I, I don't um, even pretend to be a farmer, I I think um, maybe two people in this room have been blessed to see me drive a combine. And I'll I'll tell you that there's a lot of swerving. Um, And the thing that I was told was you need to pick something at the end of the field. You need to aim at it. You need to drive straight at it, right? That's how you get straight lines. Is that right? Um, Where we're going to be going here, I see the farmers laughing at me. (laughs) Um, where we're going to be going here is we're going to be talking about becoming the kind of men that like the young believers, right? The folks who are not as mature in their faith, our sons, our daughters can look at and say, this is a thing I'm going to aim at. I heard a rumor that Steve Von Miller watches movies while he's driving his combine Um, because he has this crazy thing in the sky that does all the steering for him. In my car, that's called my wife. Uh, I love you, honey. Um, which is really because I'm a terrible driver and I get lost a lot. And apparently I don't know when borders open and close. Um, but if I had listened to her, um, men who, um, Men who know how to steer straight, they begin by picking something solid, but the solid thing they pick, the thing that does not move, right? In the real world, when we walk with Jesus, when we be godly men, when we live out lives as godly men, um, we were steering in the first place by something in the sky that we can't even see, right? Something that's picking our direction for us. And that's the direction this whole series is going to go in. This actually does apply to women, but I'm going to pick on men exclusively. I'm sorry. Um, as we dive into the topic, assuming my slides are going to work, not down here but up there, um, a little background. Um, if you look in the Bible, there is a man who comes along in the Old Testament who is referred to as a man after God's own heart, right? Anybody know who he was? David. David was exceptional. Exceptional. The question, a lot of times though, like David sometimes ends up falling in tears when we look at men in the Bible and manly men in the Bible. And one of the men that he frequently falls behind when we just have our cool discussions is Samson, right? Why does Samson get all the attention? Samson was tough, right? Samson was, you know, he, he was the guy you didn't mess with. He was, he was the guy that would knock your teeth out. And would do it so hard, he would hit you so hard, your kids would be born without teeth. Like, <laughs> but, but the trick with Samson is, now if you watch this, David's great victories were won by God, right? David's great victories were all won by God. Um, David was never a great man because he was big and strong and tough. He was a great man because he stood in God's presence even when he failed, Right? Even when he got his neighbor's wife pregnant and murdered her husband to cover it up, even when he failed, when God called him out, he repented immediately. And he turned around and he went in the other direction, right? Samson, on the other hand, man, his whole life is a litany of failing. But there's nobody in the world who could tell Samson what to do, right? Our culture values Samson. We like the standalone man, right? They're like Desperado. Isn't that, anybody know that song? Am I the only one who's heard that? <laughs> he's, he's always out by himself out riding fences. I don't know what that even means, but <laughs> always, you know, the self-made man, always on his own. But in reality, like God didn't design us that way. Um, and our sinful nature like really screws that up. And so as we start looking at what men are supposed to be, like David is going to be one of our big... Um, highlights here but david in light of who jesus is right because at the bottom line of it all romans 5 if you read it on your own you're going to find a a great passage where jesus is compared with adam and it says adam was this first man and he came along and he brought death into the world he brought sin into the world he brought failure into the world he wrecked the creation he did everything wrong he was henpecked by his wife right his wife ate the apple first and what did adam do Followed her right into it. He watched her be tempted, and then he ate the apple, and he followed her right into the disaster. And he's blamed in the end. Right? He was the one who failed. Um, And Jesus, by contrast, Jesus, by contrast, brings life into the world. Jesus is the ideal version of what we are to aim to be. And so that's the underlying idea. We're going to look at some other figures from the Bible along the way. But... Um, we're going to start off with, um, Ephesians, right? And it's a slight detour. Um, what's going on in Ephesians? Paul is beginning to talk about unity in the body of Christ. He's talking about unity in the church. He's saying, Hey guys, stand together. Don't fight with each other. Don't claim glory for yourselves. Don't compete. Like we have a set of objectives and we need to operate together in order to make that happen. Okay. Okay. And so we've got, like, like this is where Paul is going in this chapter. In verse 7, if you've got a Bible with you, you can read it. I highly recommend reading it on your own. It'll be on the screen. But, man, there is nothing better than holding it in your hands, right? I love pictures of Mustangs, right? I love pictures of Mustangs. I could look at pictures of Mustangs all day. But I got to drive one recently, and, man, nothing in the world is quite like sitting behind the wheel and jamming the gas down. Not that I did that. Gently easing into traffic leaving a great deal of space cushion It's just not the same right holding it in your hand as value owning a bible reading it on your own There is something to it. It is worth doing um, Ephesians 4 7 But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift Now watch this. This is a little tough to understand because it's in Paul language and Paul can sometimes be Confusing especially if you don't look at all of his writing and understand how he talks. Um, it's a little like me. My wife has been married for how 17 years. We've known each other for 18. She can follow me even when I jump topics, right? And a lot of folks will stare at me, what are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry, I changed the subject. <laughs> you know, and, and Paul is the same way. Paul sometimes uses phrasing and he calls back on earlier ideas and he can be very difficult to read. And so... Um, As we look at 4-7 here, right? But to each one of us, um, grace. Now, grace, in this passage, like, grace is used in a couple different ways. Grace is the forgiveness that each of us is given for free, right? If you are a follower of Jesus, you do not have to earn God's merit. Got it? God loves you no matter what. In fact, God loves you despite the rotten things you've done, right? Right? God loves you despite your sin. And actually, like he sends his son to die for us, even when we were in rebellion. When I hated God in my heart and soul, Jesus still died for me, right? And the only way I can be acceptable to God is through Christ. And so the grace... That's usually used is referring to this free gift of forgiveness to those who follow jesus. I follow jesus I come under his lordship and I am made brand new spiritually. I am healed. I am forgiven clean slate In this instance, it's referring to ability to do a job in front of you everybody If you have a job to do not everybody is good at certain jobs if you were to put me up on my roof with a hammer, some nails, some aluminum siding. I don't know how it would get up there, so you'd have to, like, put it up there for me. It would be roughly 20 to 25 minutes before I threw my drill down and poked a hole in the roof. Not that anybody I know has done that. Jeremy. Um. <laughs> and shortly thereafter, I would have fa- <laughs> shortly thereafter, I would have fallen off and broken my leg, Right. Like, that would have happened. Like, I, I really am awful at this. Terry's done some carpentry work with me. I'm bad. Like, I am, I am all thumbs and charisma. Um, <laughs> because Brooke has a different degree of grace. Brooke ministers to folks through the work he does because he brings excellence. And he shows people what it is to be Jesus just doing his job. Is that fair? Um, and that is a grace given to him. And humility, he'd never say it himself. Um, because everybody is given a gift according to what they're supposed to do. Now, if we were talking barbecuing, Brooke would be out the door. (laughs) Wearing a pretty pink apron. Um, So each of us is given a gift according to what our calling is. Not everyone has the same calling. I am not called to do all sorts of things. If you want an organization run cleanly, and with very tight administrative work and with details taken care of, I am not your man. Right? <laughs> um, thank you. <laughs> um, I, there are things I'm just not good at. There are things that, um, there are other folks in this room that are great at what they do. Um, Jeremy is great at leading worship, right? You put me on that piano. And and folks will be praying, all right. Because each man is given grace. He is given a portion of God's Spirit to do the job in front of him, right? We are all called to a job, and we're all given a job, and we're each given a portion of grace, and Jesus gives that to us. Um, He goes on. Now watch this. This gets a little confusing. Um, Therefore, it says, and he so Paul says, hey, look. Look at the book of Psalms. And he cites a psalm. I believe it's a Psalm... 68 um i've got it in my notes but i can't see it at the moment um when he ascended on high he led captive a host of captives and he gave gifts to men now he cites this verse and what this this psalm is it's a psalm describing a king who's gone off and fought a battle and won what happens when you win a battle you get to collect some stuff, right? The spoils of war. And this king has come back to his capital and he's got wealth, right? And and usually when kings came back from a victory, you would advertise it because like, it's good to be the king, right? And, and they would have a parade and they would spread the wealth to folks as they traveled through the middle of town, right? And so like the king would go through and he would give out money or he would give out like, like animals that they captured, or he would give out, you know, that is what kings would do. They would, they would spread the wealth out from what they captured from below, right, or from the enemy. Um, and so Paul cites this, and he applies it to the context of the church and to Jesus. This interpretive method is called Pesher. You don't need to remember that. It won't be on the test, um, but it shows that I at least read a little. Now this expression, Paul starts to explain, he ascended, what does it mean except that he had descended into the lower levels of the earth? He who descended is himself also he who ascended above all the heavens so that he might fill all things. Now watch this. Um, earlier in the book, in chapter 1, he says that Jesus ascended into the heavens and was seated at the right hand of God. So Jesus, after his death, after his resurrection, after his parting words, he goes back to heaven. He sits down at God's right hand in the throne room, right? He's got a place of honor in God's, like, like court. And he is up there, and it is impressive. But first he had to descend in the lower levels. We usually think of this in terms of, like, dying, Right? Um, This would be a phrase that would say dying. So Paul says, listen, when the psalmist says this, he's talking about this king, but watch this, Jesus descended into death, he collected all things up, this victory over the world, and then he went back to God, and he ascended into heaven, and now he's giving out from what he's gotten. And what he's giving out, what he's giving out is the ability to do things that exceed us, Um, to do things according to God's wisdom and god's grace and god's gifting for the job that is in front of us have any of y'all ever i'm going to talk to men specifically have you ever looked at something and thought i need to do this myself but i'm not sure i can is it just me i replaced a hot water heater a few years ago and i survived it right i uh i i exceeded my ability um that is not what he's talking about though i think it was a miracle Another way to look at this would be, I as a husband, I have a temper. Am I the only man in the room who loses his temper? I get frustrated easily. And when I lose my temper, I do one of two things. I either raise my voice or I close up the gates and back away and I say, okay, well, I'm out of here. And, and, and if you looked at me 10 years ago, I am not the same man I am today. Ten years ago, I would have looked at that temper and said, this is the way I am, you need to accept that. Over time, God has apportioned grace out to me, and I have gotten better. Not because I have gotten better, but because God has made me better. Because he has made me more like the ideal. I'm not saying this to brag. Actually, I'm telling you, like on my own, I'm pretty awful. Ask my wife, actually, who is full of grace and love because she is love me anyway, and taught me more about Jesus in that respect than I can possibly tell you. Um, But what happens is he's saying, listen, all of us who have our jobs, you may look at your job, you may say, I cannot be a dad. I cannot, I cannot, like, be a person who represents Jesus. I can't teach. I can't preach. I can't do this. I can't do that. I cannot do any of these things. I can't overcome sin in my life. I can't make up, like, restitution with my wife and get along with her because that woman is difficult. You know, like... All of these things I cannot do, right? God gives us a job, and he does not give us a job without enabling us to do it. And he does that in a number of ways. He begins by putting markers at the end of the field for us to follow. Watch this. He gave some of us as apostles. He gave some as apostles and some as prophets. And as some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. Now, if you stand in the middle of your field and you look around, there are sometimes fence posts, right? Defense posts move. Not usually, right? Am I understanding this right? Am I out in left field? I barely understand farming. This is like stretching it for me. Wikipedia told me all this. <laughs> Around the edge of the church, you will find people. Um Jeremy, can I can I put you out there? Oh, sure. Jeremy, one of the most like like impressive guys I've met here for a very specific reason. I've talked to Jeremy a great deal about his growing up and about his coming to know Jesus. How did you come to know Jesus, Jeremy? Uh, here. here right? Brooke and Renee were the fence posts at the edge of the field that pointed the way to Jesus. Does that sound right? And these were folks who were examples of God's love and God's grace. And I'm willing to bet Brooke had fence posts that he followed men who were godly men. And he learned how to be a godly man by watching them. Right. Until he began to look at Jesus and saying, I need to be like Jesus. And then Jeremy learned about Jesus from these folks. And then he starts studying it as on his own, right? Jeremy's going to be teaching junior high boys this year. If you have a junior high boy, they should meet Jeremy. Um, but he's also got sons, a son, you're outnumbered, um, and daughters. And those sons and daughters will learn about him because as Jeremy progresses in his faith, he becomes a standard bearer, a solid placeholder as to what it looks like to be like Jesus. And so as God prepares us, he doesn't prepare us to make us awesome. He doesn't prepare us to give us bragging rights. He doesn't prepare us so that I can stand here and point at other people and say, hey, let me tell you why I'm much, much, much holier than Callan. Um, Let me tell you why. Like, that's not why God has made me better. God has made me better to point at him, right? Right? So that folks can know who Jesus is by knowing who I am, by knowing who Brooke is, by knowing who Jeremy is, by knowing who James is, by knowing who, like all of the men in this room who are like Jesus. And so we become these placeholders. And so God gives all of this stuff for the purpose of equipping the saints for the work of service to building up the body of Christ. So we are literally our job men. Men. Our job is to grow up in our faith so that we can build up the folks around us. And by the way, that begins with our families, right? If we don't have families, it begins with the circle of folks that we associate with. Um, There's a great line in – I want to say it's also in Ephesians. I'm drawing a blank at the moment because I'm tired – Where Paul talks about the qualifications to be a pastor, it's in Timothy, I think. And he says, listen, if you're going to pick somebody to be a leader or a pastor in the church, look at how he handles his family. Because if he can't pastor his family, he can't pastor anyone else, right? And so that is why, men, we have a job, and it begins in our homes. We are the example of Jesus. If folks aren't getting along with us, we need to figure out how to be more like Jesus. Got it? Um, We need to look for placeholders around us to help us grow. And we need to lean on each other and talk to each other and grow in Christ together um, for the building up of the body of Christ. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. So he says, listen, we keep doing this job until the church has grown in stature as the body of Christ, right? Now think about, have any of y'all ever seen a bobblehead? You know what I'm talking about? And the body is really little, and what does the head look like? Huge, right? Um, the church is a little like a bobblehead in that respect. We have this perfect version of man. This, this is what God calls me to be. This is what perfect love is, dying for our sins, like this perfect man, and then the body is like everything else, right? It would be a little like Brooke's head on Titus' body, right? It would be a little silly, Especially since Titus has more hair. Um, as, you know that i the only reason I do that is because Brooke is so awesome that I can get away with it. And I tell jokes to see if people are still paying attention. Um, that is true. I tell Jeremy to do that every time. Use your jokes to see if folks are paying attention. And so, Brooke, you're helping me. Thank you. In more ways than you know. Um, and so as we mature, we mature to match the head, which is Christ, right? And so we grow up. So when folks look at Jesus and they look at me, I'm going to tell you, if you look at me next to Jesus, I have not got it together, right? But I will grow into it. And my job as a man in my family is to help my family grow into it. My job as a neighbor is to point at Jesus and help folks grow into it. Your job, men, in this church is to help the folks around you grow into it. By the way, that's one of the reasons nursery, we, we had this great conversation. I don't know who came up with it. I'm sure it wasn't me. But somebody, it was Rebecca, I think, said, hey, the church, we, we should do nursery where it's men and women in the nursery so that kids see what it's like for a man to help take care of things, for a man to be involved in these things, because there is no more powerful example of seeing a man of God act like a man of God, right? Um. God has given us great things to aspire to. Um, and this is our opportunity to grow into something more. How do you grow into something more? You walk with other men. You find men to learn from, right? You learn from Christ by teaching, reading his teachings, by following his teachings, and you serve the folks around you. The world is totally screwed up, and it's one of the places this type of teaching gets in trouble, you teach this type of teaching, and it's very often the case that folks will back up and say, this is the kind of teaching that folks use to oppress women, right? Could I use this? I could make a wrong turn right here, and I could start saying, and women, that's why you need to submit to your men, like a good help meet. I said it for Mary's sake. She walked in, and I'm picking on her now. Um, but that is not what it is. Leaders, Jesus said it very straight up, right? Whoever wants to be the greatest in the kingdom of God should be the least. Um, Jesus, as a leader at the Last Supper, humiliated himself by taking the job of the lowest man in the room and washing his disciples' feet. And He says, listen, this is how you love the folks around you. This is how you care for the people who are following you. You wash their feet. You make yourself low. Men, our job is to be like Jesus, not because we like... um, Our job is to be like Jesus because we're supposed to be solid, unmoving. We're supposed to be mature in the faith. And we learn that by following Christ and by learning from each other, by confessing to each other, by leaning on each other, even though it's against our cultural standard. Because, man, I would much rather be, man, I'd rather win on my own. Isn't that awesome? Winning on your own is good. It feels good. Being the best feels good. But ultimately, I'll never be the best because Christ is the best. And I would rather be like Jesus than what the culture tells me I ought to be like, right? I'm rabbit trailing and my wife's not back there waving at me. Um, the fullness of stature. So he says, listen, become the body of Christ. The church needs to become a mature man. That is accomplished by us individually growing and helping the folks around us grow to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Meaning, Paul is saying, listen, this is the perfect standard, Right. If you're going to be perfect, this is what you're aiming at. The full measure, which is Jesus. If you are not aiming at that, you are not aiming in the right direction. Um, You're driving your combine into the neighbor's field. Right? And folks complain about that as I understand it. (laughs) Um, As a result, we are no longer to be children. Watch this. Think of Titus for a moment. We are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. And here's where men get stuck. We get stuck because we chase after things which are not Jesus, which are not becoming like Christ. We chase after entertainment, right? I read a great essay a while back that talked about how men were designed to do great things. We're designed to accomplish, to serve, to love, to, like, be like Jesus, right? We're designed for that. And because our culture tells us that we cannot, men turn their hats backwards and play Xbox and win wars on TV. But that ain't really winning, is it? For me, it's never winning. I just have 13-year-olds insult my mom and tell me how I'm awful at video games. Um, <laughs> I, the guy, the young guys are all laughing because they know what I'm talking about. Um, in reality, we're designed to accomplish great things, not be children, not chase after entertainment, right? Entertainment's good. I like entertainment. But entertainment isn't everything. We're not to chase after feeding our own lust. Um, people chase after... Escape alcohol and the internet and pornography and all kinds of other stuff. This is the thing I'll chase after. And all we're doing is we're being a small boy. Tossed about. Not growing into the fullness of stature of Christ that we're supposed to. Right? We're being less than what we were designed to be. Um, God calls us men to grow, to help the church to grow so that it becomes solid, so that silly arguments don't destroy us. Has anybody ever watched a church disintegrate over something that doesn't make sense? I was in a church one. Well, never mind. I'm going to tell stories like that. But that's a church that has not, like, reached this point where it's Brooke standing there and nobody can pick it up and move it, right? If Brooke don't want to go, he ain't going. Um, Mind you, that can be dumb sometimes because there are folks who will grow big and they'll grow deep, deep roots of bitterness and they'll stand in the wrong place, right? And so being solid isn't enough. Being solid in line with our place markers is what matters. Um, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. So think of it. There's my bobblehead. I knew it was in there, right? We're supposed to grow up and fill out to be like Jesus, um, and it'll happen in spurts and starts. I, anybody know a teenage boy that has size 42 feet on, on a size 11-year-old body? Right? I have a problem with that too still. Um, we are we're to grow into it. And we'll do it in fits and starts, but our objective is clear. We're to aim at being like Jesus. Um, speaking the truth in love, the reason that that is there is that Paul is contrasting the previous passage, right? Tossed about by wind... By deceit, by manipulation, by silliness, by stuff that isn't Jesus, right? Being tossed around by this. And he's contrasting. He's saying, speaking the truth in love. So the way that we deal with each other is loving, is caring, is um, honest. Honest is hard, right? Honest and loving is even harder. Um, but it's what we're called to. You want to see a perfect example of it, and we'll point you toward Jesus. Um, And so we grow up into that and that is our calling men is to help the body of Christ grow to help the whole body from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the body of causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. And so like what he's saying there at the end this last verse he says Jesus is what makes that happen right Jesus holds us together. Jesus leads us in the direction we're going in. Jesus builds us up. By his spirit, he changes us. He brings us humility. He brings us love. He turns us into solid features in the field that folks can aim at and say, that's what it looks like, right? My challenge for you this week, this is a serious one, gentlemen. My challenge for you this week is to look at yourself and ask yourself, right? Ask. And I, gotta, I, I had to find the lyric in the middle sometimes. I don't know if people sit in the front and watch me and they think, what is Eric doing? Because I hear things in the songs and I think, God help Jeremy pick that song today because that is perfect. Um, come Thou O font, right? And actually I'm going to ask you to come up and play two verses as we close, okay? And that will be it. Um, <laughs> sorry, your first Sunday, Craig, I need you to find that. Um, here's the line. Jesus sought me when a stranger. So Jesus sought me out when I was a stranger, when I was wandering from the fold of God, he to rescue me from danger, interposed his precious blood. Meaning like when I wandered off, when I did my own thing, Jesus still died for me. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor daily I'm constrained to be. Meaning I am tied to my sin, but grace ties me to Jesus. I become better because of Jesus, not because of me. I, that's all I got. If I chase after what I want, I'll get lost. Believe me, I've spent more time lost, more time sleeping on the side of the road waiting for the next gate to open, more time than I would care to tell you about. It is, it's ingrained in me. Um, but Jesus leads me in the direction I'm supposed to go, even if it takes me five hours to get there sometimes. Um, let thy goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. Oh, take and seal it. Um, seal it for thy courts above. And I'm just going to sing it, and we're going to be done. And my challenge for you guys, men, my challenge for you, men. As we sing this last verse, if you are a person who has not stood in the spot you're supposed to stand, if you have not bothered... And I'm that guy. I was a minister in a church and I didn't do it. (laughs) The word bothered came out strong. I did not mean to be that strong. But now that I've said it, I realize it needs to be said, right? If you haven't bothered to do this, if this isn't who you are, if you are not growing in stature to fill out like the body of Christ is supposed to be, my challenge for you today is to like say this is what I'm going to do. This is who I'm going to be. If you see folks around you and you're not doing anything to help them grow except sit there and think, man, I'm glad I'm not like that guy. Man, I'm glad he's here to hear what's being said. Like if you're not speaking the truth in love and helping them grow, you are a part of the problem. Grow and become better. Um, men, my challenge to you is to reflect in your heart, to ask yourself, is this what I'm doing? And to ask, is this what I want? Is, am I going to live out God's calling in this part of my life to become a man after God's own heart? Um, We're going to sing, and then that'll be it. I'm going to pray real quick. Just the last verse. And the chorus, is that all right? Sorry, guys, I know I'm long, but Jeremy sang a long time. Um, Barbecue next week at my house, men. We will be doing stuff, and for the next few weeks, we'll be looking at what does it mean to be a man after God's own heart. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would be with us. I pray that you would help us to become men like you. I pray that you would help us to become men after your own heart. I pray that you would help us to be filled with your spirit and recognize how we are not you and how we should be. Help us to chase after solid things in this world and grow into it. Help us to grow in stature so that we can't be tossed around like a two-year-old on the stage but stand firm like a rugged like man of God. Um, help us to reflect your will and your love. Amen. I do have a challenge for women.